This is Talking Business. My next guest is Suzanne Milthorpe, who's the National Environment Laws Campaign Manager for the Wilderness Society. G'day, Suzanne. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me on the show. Now, the Wilderness Society was born, I think, in the great battle over the Franklin Dam in uh, the 70s and 80s. But uh, what do you do now? Mainly. So, yes, that's absolutely correct. We were born out of the Franklin Dam campaign, which was really a campaign about getting to see national leadership on protecting what was and still is one of the most beautiful and pristine parts of Australia. And that's really what we do to this day. So uh, we grew through many years campaigns to protect Australia's globally important biodiverse forests. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these are the forests that have been affected by the 2019-2020 summer bushfires. Uh, but really, our our mission and our purpose is to protect natural processes and large intact landscapes and important and beautiful places and important and iconic wildlife around Australia. So we say we kind of encapsulate that in we're here to support the life that supports us. So so what's been your role in those bushfires? So our role is twofold, one of which we've been supporting uh, our colleagues and also our communities who have been affected by the bushfires. And so we have a very large community program is a series of local community groups who are all uh, founded around that principle of of being there to protect important and and precious wildlife in the places they love. And so, of course, we've been working with them and with our members to to support them in a a time that is it's trying and, and distressing for us all. But also we've been working with our colleagues, many of whom are doing uh, emergency interventions on the ground. So they're actually out there and uh, picking up wildlife that's injured and, and making sure they've got shelter and food and water. Our larger purpose will be to ensure that this very catastrophic and, and largely unprecedented moment doesn't end with a return to business as usual. So Australia was already the extinction nation. We, we lead the world globally in extinction, biodiversity loss. Uh, we're number two, four. And so we think there's going to be a really important role. The, the immediate work of recovery is, is vital and really important, but there'll be this bigger, larger role, which is also making sure that we fix these broken laws, this system of protection that has that's kind of left us really in this unenviable position of, of world leader of extinction. So your title says... National Environment Laws Campaign Manager. What does that mean? So particularly I'm focused on our national environment law, which is the Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act. That's my primary focus of my campaign at the moment, although I work with our colleagues, my colleagues all around the country to really look at how our national laws interact with our state laws, how our system of protection works. So we have one big strong governance framework, um, or ideally have one big strong governance framework. Unfortunately, we don't have that at the moment. And so I'm really particularly focused on this thing, the Environment Protection Biodiversity Conservation Act, or the EPBC for short, which is really, it's the main act that under which the Australian government is supposed to enact its responsibility to make sure that we have not only protected our iconic species and iconic places like the Blue Mountains World Heritage Area or the Gondwan and Rainforest World Heritage Area, but also by which we're supposed to make sure that the whole system works together, that we have national leadership of a system that works to make sure that our nature is healthy uh, and resilient to the kind of shocks 
that we're seeing now. And unfortunately, what we've seen is that was the purpose of the Act when it was set up in 1998. Um, I was reading the other day uh, Ross Kemp, his second reading speech when he put it into Parliament. And the purpose of it was to enshrine this idea of national leadership, of Commonwealth leadership, to protect that, that rich biodiversity for which we are really famous. And we've seen over the 20 years of the life of the Act that it just simply hasn't worked. What it does is it catalogues loss, um, catalogues it and categorises it, but it doesn't actually mean that there's any action to stop that loss. Right. I was, I was going to ask you, I mean, how come we don't have a governance framework? You're saying that simply the Act, is, is the Act poorly written or has it not been enforced properly? Uh, it, it's a, a complex answer to that one because it's a little bit of both. Uh, I'm often asked to describe, you know, how does the Act work together? You know, can you provide a metaphor? And, and somebody once described, you know, is it a layer cake and the layers don't work together or the flavours are different and, and all these kind of things. And I say, no, it's, it's, it's more like a layer cake that's been dropped on the ground and then kicked around a bit and then kind of people have left it for a while. It's it's actually, the, the Act itself is very species-focused, so it's really focused on individual actions uh, that are assessed to see whether they're good or not, uh, and then individual species to see whether they're getting, you know, their populations going up, their populations going down, how can we stop the threats against them? So that singular focus means that things don't get looked at in their entirety. That's probably the first problem, is that you actually, you end up with this assessment by assessment, piece by piece approach mean you can have a death by a thousand cuts, but the larger bit of work never gets stopped. Uh, and then there actually has been, I think, a, a very well acknowledged withdrawing of political will for participation and actually undertaking the work of the Act. So even the provisions that exist don't usually get implemented. Uh, and so we can end up in a situation where you can have uh, hundreds of hectares of, I think, you know, over the life of the Act, they worked out 7.7 .7 million hectares of threatened species habitat had been destroyed. Now, the Act is supposed to prevent that, but the Act just hadn't been implemented. And we've also seen just a huge withdrawal of federal funding. Uh, there's been a 40% cut in the last six years. So is the failure of that Act the reason that you said Australia uh, is leading the world in ex in extinction? Is that is that the reason? It's it's a mechanism. I mean, the, if you look at the real on the ground by a physical reason why, it's because we just keep destroying habitat. So, you know, we talked a lot through the fires about why, you know, why the impact has been so severe on our wildlife. And uh, apart from the, the unprecedented, unprecedented ferocity of the blazes, it's actually been that over time, our wildlife has been driven into smaller and smaller patches of bush. It's gotten, they've been kind of squeezed into these little niches, often places that aren't even very good for them, that are poorly disconnected to each other. And so what that means is they're incredibly vulnerable to these kind of blazes. Uh, and then also that, that failure of the failure of the ability to protect the habitat, but also to fund the actions that we know are often pretty simple and could just recover these animals, that has been a significant problem. So, for example, the Bramble K. Malomus quite famously was this little, I think quite cute, but it's often called a little rat that lived in the Bramble K in the Torres Strait Islands. And it, it's the first mammal that famously went extinct last year from climate change. Now, the solution to that, apart from the broader act of, you know, mitigating climate change and, and getting us off this sort of dangerous track, was literally for some people to go to the island and pick a couple of these animals up and move them either to a captive breeding program or to another island that was suitable. And 
that I that action had been identified. People had been saying, we think this animal's going, we think this animal's going, but no one's taking action, and the animal went extinct. So there's just this this disconnect. The whole system is just sort of characterised by inaction and by a failure to even do really simple things that we know could stop animals going extinct. So the Act was passed um, by the Howard government in mm. 1998. Um, since then, we've had Labor as well as Coalition back again. How come... Neither party has fixed it up. It's a tough question. I mean, I think there's a general principle that seems to characterise our politics, you know, our politics uh, when it comes to these kind of issues, which is inertia. There is a certain amount of inertia like that characterises our politics. We, I, I can't think of anything recently when we've really been able to tackle big, complex issues that affect our federation because what needs to happen is we do need our national government to take leadership of making sure a system of state and federal protections work. And so I think we can say that we've seen this with general withdrawal of the federal government, of previous federal governments, out of a space of that kind of leadership, of, of making it making the system work. Um, also, the I think there's been a general lack of recognition in politics of the of the important place that nature plays for Australians. And I think that that's really coming to the fore now. It's not only important for Australians. I mean, we can see this outpouring of grief and and concern and and just general distress around the the effect on wildlife, the effect on the places that really, I think, characterise the core of the Australian spirit. They're really important to us. We talk about Brand Australia, but Brand Australia exists in us as well. It's the places that we go you know, we we remember going when we were a child. It's the places that we hope to take our children to, and a lot of those are now burnt or really severely damaged. So that's that's really tough for people, and we're we're actually seeing coming being brought out that that grief and that sort of welling up of emotion that's around that. We're also seeing that from around the world. So one of the reasons why I think why there has been such an outpouring of support for Australia is apart from the fact that um, people really do want to help with what is such a huge catastrophe. Uh, wildlife has been front and centre of that. You know, Emmanuel Macron, when he offered French help, wildlife and our biodiversity was number three on his list along with our communities and our economy. And so it's something that is really special to us as Australians, our nature, our wildlife, it's also really special to the world because Australia is what they call a globally mega diverse nation, which is a really fancy way of saying we just have, we own, basically we play home to 10% of the world's species or around 10%. And most of those are only found here. So everything we have is unique. It's really important. And our biodiversity is globally important. We, we, must assume the role that we actually have in physical reality in global biodiversity, which is that we are a world leader in biodiversity, but sadly also the world leader in loss. Well, Qantas is right behind you and um, all that stuff uh, as well. So um, uh, good luck with what you can do and all power to your arm there, um, Suzanne. Thanks very much for talking to us. Thanks very much, Alan. I'll be talking to Suzanne Milthorpe, who's the National Environment Laws Campaign Manager for the Wilderness Society.